the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I'm your host, Scott. And if you have not been tuning in, we are on season two. We're super excited about season two. We're talking about more sex, less nagging. But today we're taking a break and we're going to have a conversation with Mark England. And Mark is an incredible human being who is bringing an amazing message to everyone, people all around the world. And he talks about trains on the words that we use, the power of the words that we use externally and internally, and how to reframe those words to really give us power to help us move forward and to become better people. Guys, this is a life-changing conversation. If you listen to it and apply it, uh, I would highly encourage you to really tune in. This is over an hour long. I encourage you to tune in, pay attention, practice some of these things, and you'll see some major change in your life. So with that, we'll get this thing rolling. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. What's up, Scott? Hey, I'm, uh, we were just talking, but I'm, I'm really, really excited about this conversation. Uh, it's kind of selfish, honestly. <laughs> uh, this has been really cool stuff that I'm, I'm going through, um, some material of yours, and it's something that I think everybody that listens to this show and that doesn't listen to the show needs to know about. So um, I'm, I'm excited to have you here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. So um, let's go ahead and just start with your TED Talk. I, I watched your TED Talk. Um, and uh, tell me how you got to that point where you were uh, asked to do a TED Talk or applied to do a TED Talk. I don't know the process there. but Sure. Well, I have been speaking about a singular topic now for 13 years and when I got when we got the nod for TEDx RVA shout out to them uh, I've been doing it for 10 years and uh, had a decent amount of presentations under my my belt and I gotten good at telling the story about story creating a conversation about conversation. And yes, I got good at that. And, um, and we put out our, our training uh, uh, materials. And the people, I'm from Richmond, uh, you know, TEDx, RVA, Richmond, Virginia. Um, a lot of things lined up. So it was, you know, I get asked from time to time, how do I get a TED Talk? <laughs> One of the things I say is get really good at something. I was going to say do a lot of work, I would think. Yeah. 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 You know, become, become an expert in a field. Okay. Get the reps in. Immerse yeah. yourself. Immersion. It's a thing. And, you know, there are ways to go about applying to different TEDx talks. Um, get okay with rejection. You know, yeah. I, I, uh, went and auditioned for TEDx RVA the year before, and it was a, uh, uh, I did not get the nod. I got it the next year. Um, get, be, get passionate. Yeah. You know, or, 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 uh, spend time in things that, that interest you or that you are passionate about. Um, yeah, man, there's a pinch of luck to it as well. You know, 
there was a lot of people that applied for TEDx RVA. TEDx RVA, I didn't know this until I got you know, into the TEDx world. There's over 5,000 of them. Yeah. yeah. And ranging anywhere from very high uh, production quality. TEDx RVA is, the, they, they ran it for five years. They were in the top 10 TEDx's in the world. Wow. All the way down to somebody doing it out of their garage. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, there's, it, it's, it's easier to talk about what to do once you've gotten a TEDx, once you have a, a, yeah. a, a TED talk to give. Right. So, um, what is the story? Like, tell us how you, first of all, for the, for the, for the listener that doesn't know, tell them really what it is you do and then we'll go from there. I educate people. I help people educate themselves. That's a better way to say it. I help people educate themselves, Scott, on the power, the potency of their language. And when I say language, I mean internal dialogue, internal and external, what we think and what we say and what we write. Most people have zero to no training about how their language influences them for better and for worse. And we're not taught this stuff in school. I was an educator before I got involved in the good attitude business. I've got a degree in education. I taught. I also came up in the public schools. I didn't have one course, class, or conversation on how my language, my words, influenced my imagination and how I feel and how I breathe. That's a big one. I, didn't, I, I, I had no, no strategy, no methodology for using my language in constructive and empowering ways to help me stay focused on what matters to me. I was a shit show. Yeah. You know, um, you tell a story and I, I, I love your background. It's very parallel to mine, to teaching, coaching, mm. masters in education. So, uh, one of the cool. things that I talk a lot about is like the, the lack of training for, uh, leadership skills and finances yeah. and all these things that are so important. Like, the stories you tell yourself, the language that, like you said, internal and external is really key. And I was sharing with you before we started recording is the very first time I remember this is at a soccer game in high school when my dad pulled me aside and said, what, what, what is going on in your head? What, what are you saying to yourself? And it's the first time I realized that my internal dialogue was not good. And um, I just didn't, haven't known how to handle that ever since. And so there is zero education on this. And um, so, so let's, you, you go through school, but you also yep. have a story about fighting. Uh, yep. So tell, tell us in on that. Yeah, man, I was a fighter. What kind of fighter? Uh, I wrestled in high school. Mm -hmm. My first Brazilian jiu-jitsu class in the fall of 1996 was hooked immediately. Uh, Trained for two years and then got in the ring. I had uh, 11 amateur fights, MMA fights, and I wanted to go pro. So the plan was move over to Thailand, train for a year, come back, go pro. You Didn't happen. All, you were all in. <laughs> yeah, it was it was my thing, man. Uh, I was I was very all in. Um, that was the first thing that really held my attention. Okay, wrestling was, wrestling was okay, cool, yeah. Uh, pinning someone, fought, choking someone, on the other hand. That, for me, that was, that was a completely uh, uh, different thing. Com profoundly, hmm. 
more, more interesting and intriguing and we'll just call it what it is fascinating. Um, yeah, man, I moved over there and thought I was going to get one thing and got the exact opposite six months in. I'm in the doctor's office having a conversation with the doctor who just operated on my knee for the second time. Ouchie. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Everything stopped. Darkness descended. And, and that's where you had uh, something that's near a topic that's near and dear to my heart is a bit of a, a like a wondering what your identity was. At that time, I wasn't wondering what my identity was. I was too consumed in mourning my previous identity. There you go. Literally uh, coming off of the addiction to being a fighter. I loved it. I loved the shine. Um, uh, uh, it, I thought that I had processed my demons in the ring. I proved to myself, I thought I had proved to myself that uh, I was good enough because it was one of the main reasons I was fighting, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I had a, a raging fear that I wasn't good enough. And I was way wrong, man. When that thing stopped, everything came back with a vengeance. Uh, worse, way worse than before, because now I had the proof that I was doomed to fail. That there was something wrong with me. Man, I really, I messed up this this golden opportunity moving to Thailand. Uh, uh, my My dreams are gone, dude. See? 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 There's the proof. And I didn't laugh for a year, man. I did not laugh for an entire year. I could not get my face in position to enjoy anything to come close to the I – I didn't laugh. It's a really strange experience. Um, finally, it dawned on me that I can play this victim card. I didn't use those exact words, but I just – I saw the end result of me – I was like, am I going to be 60 years old still telling myself this woulda, coulda, shoulda right. story? That was, not a, that was not a pretty picture. Me at 60 still chewing on that bone. What did you do? Well, um, again, a little bit of luck uh, and need. Necessity is the mother of all skill. I had a big time necessity. I needed to to participate differently in my life, and I was I was teaching elementary school sports at the time in Bangkok. Thank you, thank the heavens that my vice principal had just come back from a cleansing resort on the island of on the Koh Samui, an island down in the Gulf of Thailand. He's like, hey man, they're doing some. I, just, I came back from this thing. I did a three-day liver cleanse. I feel fantastic. Uh, you should go down there. And I said, I will. I'll do that. So I went down and did a seven-day detox cleanse. You pay to not eat. You take these weird detox pills. And there's a whole bunch of other people doing it at the same time. And I came back feeling a little bit lighter and a little bit brighter. And I said, I- I'm going back. And I went back. My third time down there. I went to an emotional detox workshop the, the, one evening. Me and all my wisdom, I snickered at it. I was like, emotional. 
detox. Right. Went and watched a man who would in turn be my first mentor in this work a number of years later, walk a woman through it. Okay. It was a legit stinger of a breakup, a bad breakup. Mm -hmm. Walked her through the story of the breakup, which she was still holding on to after four years. And she told the story first time, angry and tears. Had her do it a second time, go through it. He changed a little bit, a little bit of the language. And he talked about language. He talked about words. He talked about the stories we create this and the stories, how the stories build our identities for better and for worse. Took her through it a second time and changed some of the words. And now she's sad, no tears. Third time through, he the 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 most critical piece of the story that was forcing her to see herself as the victim of circumstance changed it and she goes she's basically neutral she goes so much so she goes uh huh well you know he was he was really weird it wasn't going to work out anyway <laughs> but she got the emotional charge out of the way and then her perspective changed on it uh, on its own and i said that's that's not my story but that's my story that right. was in the uh, summer of 2003, and I've been neck deep in the game, the story game, language game since. Wow, that's an interesting um, or origin of that, where that uh -huh. came from. So you were immersed in an experience that you saw this unfold in front of you, and you're like, I got to do this. I got to have something to do. Yeah, yeah. first and foremost, I, I was not thinking practitioner. I was not thinking anything along those lines. It said, my story. I, 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 I'm, I've got to work on my story. Right. So where does uh, you, <laughs> I want to, I want to fast forward. I don't want to miss this because I, I'm really intrigued by this, um, this telephobia. So mm -hmm. when did that come up in this process? Like when did, when did you like see that and, and bring that to uh, part of what you talk about, which it's the fear of not being good enough. And, yeah, and I didn't know there was a name for it. Yeah. And, and, and I say this because I think a lot of men and, and our audience is mostly men. I think a lot of men feel this way. Just don't express it. Um, I think a lot. Of uh, men, yeah, I guarantee that. Yeah, it's it's. If I was putting money on it, which I do, because this is a, I mean, I'm, I'm in this line of work for a reason. It's the number one fear. Mm -hmm. Boils down to that. There's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough something along those lines. We found out about, I found out that there's an actual term, term for it when I was, when my business partner, because it was us, it was, it was our TEDx talk. Yeah, I'm the front man. I'm the face. There's a, there's a dude in the, in the chair. There's a guy in the back end that deserves, I get way too much credit for this work and he gets way not enough. Guy named Adam Chin. So we, we got the call, got the nod from TEDx RVA. We have three months to, 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 to get this thing ready. And it's, um, you know, it's a thing. It's uh, in my hometown at the Carpenter Center, which is the most prestigious theater in Richmond, uh, 1,800 people, TEDx. Uh, so it's going to be filmed and out there live forever, um, uh, live stream to 150,000 more people. So get it right, numbnuts. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so we started 
we we decided to give the talk on identity mm -hmm. the current definition of identity versus people's experience of their identity the current definition of identity is the fact of being who or what a person is and i just that's that's a very easy thing to uh it's a very that definition's wrong because guess what you scott and me mark and everyone else listening sees themselves differently than when they were five right so it's it, it's not a fact where there's nothing factual i am not a stat i'm not static i'm not stuck uh uh the the story of mark england there's very little fact to it okay so if it's not that what is it it is an on my identity is an ongoing fluid flexible process and i participate in that ongoing fluid flexible process i participate with my language with my words again my thoughts internal dialogue and then external what i say and what i write and most people's language uh they it works against them they use it accidentally and unconsciously due to a lack of education about it and 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 it they they turn themselves into a spectator in their own story that is a not a fun place to live and if i'm a spectator that means i can't do anything about it which means i'm a victim of circumstance the definition of the victim mentality which is the the, the scourge of humanity it is the thief in the night it is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others even in the absence of clear evidence the victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and attributes took a little bit out of the middle that's the verbatim definition that second sentence is very telling mm -hmm. the victim mentality depends it has to have a habitual thought process habitual accurately implies duration and addiction we get addicted to the story that we tell ourselves about ourselves where do we learn that we we aren't taught to talk to tell ourselves the right stories it's almost like we're innately born with this ability to to tell these false stories about ourselves and let it write the narrative of our life well it's not that we're innately born with the ability to confuse well we are born with the ability to confuse ourselves it's 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 not we got a glitch in our language there's a subset of the english language it's called conflict language that people use accidentally and unconsciously to focus on the worst case scenario talk themselves out of opportunity play the blame game create uh sometimes massive amounts of indecision and um insecurity and it comes down to word choice so our language um the way it's used by the average person is extremely confusing it's externalized and general and um yeah it makes us buy into uh wrong assumptions about ourselves yeah yeah right so some con some some examples one thing i really like about your training is there's a ton of examples and so yeah. um you, 
you talk about this conflict language, things like there isn't an opportunity. I don't want to get angry. I can't make up my mind. These are all negative. Is it the negative word that isn't, don't, can't, um, that's driving that conflict language? Yes. My grandmother. Uh, well, the, the, those, those keywords, those drive negations. So those okay. are negation keywords. My grandmother was a three-time Olympic gold medalist of worrying. <laughs> she was incredible Olympic. at it. She yeah. was just world class. And most people know someone who's really good at worrying. Yeah. So uh, the language pattern that is most closely associated with that habit or that practice are negations. Don'ts, can'ts. These are keywords, folks. Don'ts, can'ts, isn'ts, haven'ts, nots, won'ts, shouldn'ts. Mm -hmm. now, I don't. I don't want to argue with my wife so much. When I say that, I make a picture of arguing with my wife. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's powerful. Uh, it, it's it's very powerful. And this, this, it's so commonplace, it's, it, it's one of the easiest things to overlook. It's right under our nose and right between our ears. I'm not going to go over my budget this month. There's a picture of me going over my budget. Okay. Uh, you know, I, 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 I can't keep making all these mistakes. There's a picture of all those mistakes again. The first thing my driving teacher said when I got in the car, I said, look where you want to go because you're probably going to go there. It's true. It's why, the, it's why the windshield is this big, folks, and the rearview mirror is that big. Here's a good story about it, man. Uh, coaching, uh, 2014 Calgary, I go up, do a training for a sales company, uh, and then stay after and do individual sessions with their, their, uh, their team. I'm in a room. Dude's in a room. He's young, 24, just starting out and stuck. And he says very emphatically, very emotionally, Mark, I can't keep focusing on my past. <sighs> oh, yeah. And I said, grab that pen and write that down. What do you mean? What you just said? That sentence. Which one? I can't keep focusing on my past. He writes it down. Then I ask him, what kind of picture did you just make in your mind? And he had to stop and think about it. He said, well, I, I see myself on the couch and all alone. If that's what you can't keep doing, what can you start doing? And he said it like a question. Focus on my future more? Yeah. Now say it like a statement. And it took him a second. It's called socializing an idea. Uh, I can focus on my future more. <sighs> Took a breath. I can, yeah, yeah, I can. I can, I can focus on my future more. And I had him write that down. I, it, it, let, folks, it's, it, a lot of it is that simple and that challenging. Simple is not easy. Yeah. I can focus on my future more. Now we've got our foot in the door. Okay. So people talk about mindset a lot good, great thing to talk about. And if that conversation is only had, Scott, on the macro level, which is where most of that conversation resides, be more positive. 
have a good attitude, like you're having a dessert. It's passive. Um, uh, 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 to, uh, you know, what's another good example? Uh, be, uh, uh, don't, don't let things affect you. Okay. These, these big pictures, big picture stuff. You know, I've, we've got a one brand in the fitness industry. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Okay. Or, or, you know, no pain, no gain. These big picture statements. That, that's hard to practice. If right. someone knows what words to use less of and which words to use more of, that makes mindset practical as now I've got a way to practice setting my mind in a certain way. And knowing the words is where the rubber meets the road, folks. So I had him write down, I can focus on my future more. Yes. Then, then we had him write out three things to do because now that he was focused on his future, thanks language, he was able to identify much more easily three things that he could do, which he did because he wrote me nine months later and told me what happened. The three things were he needed to get a mentor. Mm -hmm. He wrote that down, get a mentor, read books on sales, read books on sales, and then go to the networking meetings that his company had biweekly. Go to networking meetings. And he did. And he wrote me back and he said, that, that one simple, not easy, simple conversation changed my professional career. It's not rocket science, folks. And there's an art to it. It's, it's, it's not rocket science, but having, um, going through this course that I'm doing that you provide, I still really struggle. Like even today, it's like, I have this, I'll, I'll say the thought, this situation is really frustrating. So I'm sitting there going, how do I reframe this? And sometimes it's even just hard to frame it in the first place. Like what's happening in my head, like this. Like, it's just like a little angst and frustration. And then it's like, oh, this situation, this situation is frustrating. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. Okay, perfect. Um, do you have a pen? Of course. Cool. Write that statement down. This situation is really frustrating, period. And then write that, that second follow-up sentence. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. Done. Okay. Read that first statement. This situation is really frustrating. Okay. How does that sentence make you feel? Frustrated. <laughs> Perfect. Now put a, turn that, that, that period at the end into a comma. Okay. And write for now. Hmm. See, hear whatever, hear what he just did right there, folks. He goes, huh, that's called a cognitive shift. That means something happened. What just happened when you put for now on there? I know, and I'd like to hear you say it. There's, a, there's an end to it. I mean, there's a, there's a solution. Exactly. I mean, it's, I, I'm, not, I'm not BSing. This is pretty incredible because I've been rattling this around in my head um, because I, I, I did. It was like, I, I am not framing this correctly. And so I'm trying to reword it, but it's not necessarily always rewording. It's adding to it. Sure. What did you call that strategy? Well, that right there, um, 
we're we're time framing it. Right. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and what was it? What's that last sentence? I don't know what I'm going to do, do to get out of it. Okay. Um, you, we could do a variety of things. Um, I can find a way to get out of this, or I could. Well. You could. You could go straight. I'll get out of this. I'll eventually get out of this. Okay. You know, I will figure. I will know what to do to get out of it. Like li li listen, folks. What what is he doing? He's using his language to take some of the pressure off, to take some of the edge off. And guess what? When it comes to getting out of situations, it's a lot easier to do that when you've got the mental real estate to be creative about it. Right. Okay. When someone goes into a stress response, known as sympathetic nervous system response, which those those words right there, frustrating is a, is another way. It's a it's a flavor of stress. When someone goes into a stress response, their breathing gets trapped in their chest. Mm. When someone's breathing is trapped in their chest, they're in amygdala hijack. Look that up. Daniel Goldman coined that term in the 70s or 80s. And when someone is in a stress state, they're in amygdala hijack, they're, they're, they're available mental real estate to problem solve goes way down okay your ability to listen goes way down mine does anyone does yeah. we've all had conversations with someone who's very emotional okay and we have language to describe that experience it's like talking to a brick wall when someone's breathing is trapped in their chest we have tunnel vision yep. as the we, we use our words to take some of that pressure off and a little bit of a better breath or more or a lot of a better breath, then as the breathing descends down into the abdomen, then we gain our periphery. We gain distance and periphery. Otherwise, it's tunnel vision and in our face. So there's mechanics. Actual, there's actual phys physiological things blocking us from performing. Oh, big time. It's called the reticular activating system. Okay. Look that up, folks. <laughs> yeah. Five, there's a couple of great five-minute videos on YouTube, Reticular Activating System, August 2018. My car got 17. 2000, August 2017, my car got stolen in Richmond, Virginia. And I went out. I said, I called my dad. I said, hey, dad, I need the farm truck. Got stuff to do. Car got stolen. So I go get the farm truck, My dad's one of my dad's prized possessions, a 1985 Ford F-150 mint condition, two tones of brown. We call it brown and browner. He bought it off the showroom floor. I started driving that truck around Richmond, and guess what I started seeing more and more of within 24 hours? 1985-ish Ford F-150s. We've all had that experience. We yeah. get a new car. We start seeing more of those cars. We're like, where the hell are these cars coming from? They've always been there, folks. It's just that now your reticular activating, it's a piece of hardware in your head, in your brain. Once that gets programmed with something, it wants, and it's neutral, it doesn't care right or wrong, good or bad, up and down, good for you, bad for you. Once something gets deemed as important, it goes on a search and edit mission. It's going to go find more of those things and edit out anything that's contrary to it. So I started picking up more and more trucks and I was editing out the blue vans and the white Oldsmobiles. And guess what? This, this applies. If you want science behind that, Invisible Gorilla. They wrote a book about it. 
Right. Look that video up. That's crazy. It is. And it's nuts. And it goes, uh, it, you know, it applies to more than trucks and college students dressed up in gorilla costumes. There's two stories about it. So the first story, this woman comes in, sits down. She goes, I'm having problems in my marriage. My husband thinks I'm beautiful and I refuse to believe it. And I know when it started. Oh, do tell. She's 10 years old. She walks into her grandparents' house and her great aunt is right there by the door and she leans down in this little girl's face and goes, my, you have a big nose just like me. Thanks for that. Yeah. Little girl <laughs> tightens up, puckers up, runs into the bathroom. Where do you think the first thing she looked at when, when she got to the mirror was, Scott? Definitely her nose. Her nose, which was no bigger physically than it was 10 seconds ago, but now in her imagination, she's got this honker. Right. Which means she's ugly. So now, whenever she goes into the bathroom, sees a mirror, that's the first thing she looks at, that's the last thing she looks at. Okay? More and more confirmation that she's ugly. Remember? Confirm and edit. And then her husband, baby, sweetheart, you look, you look really beautiful tonight. You don't really mean that. You think that gets in the way of all kinds of stuff in, in a marriage? You're absolutely right. It does. So that's, that's an example of language. Okay. Programming us in a, in a constrictive and quote unquote negative way. It works both ways. 2000, whatever. I'm giving a presentation. There's a guy setting up a booth right next to me. He hears the whole thing, comes up afterwards, goes, man, that was great. You want to hear a really cool story? Of course. I don't, I don't remember the guy's name. Let's call him Johnny. He said, my grandfather took me out in the, in the backyard when I was 13 years old. And he said, little Johnny, life's wild. You're going you're gonna to have ups and downs and lefts and rights and zigs and zags and twists and turns and you're going to get some stuff right and you're going to get some stuff wrong just always remember to err on the side of being a badass mother and he said his whole life changed in an instant he said he took this big breath in his he said he it felt like his energy expanded it got bigger he saw himself in his he looked up things are looking up he looked, he looked up, saw himself as, as capable and confident in his imagination, and he said, man, I've made a lot of mistakes, but you know what? I go after what I want. Mm -hmm. I talk myself into opportunity, and, and my life is way better because of that. So, you know, there's a way to use language, whether we're speaking to ourselves or speaking to someone else, to create constriction and negative emotions and problems and stories of woe and, and uh, distance and disconnection. There's also another way to use our words to create clarity, to create confidence, to help us stay focused on what's important to us, to create connection, cohesion, harmony. And again, we're not taught this stuff. No. We're not. So we, we, uh, we 
I see a lot of comments, questions, concerns, um, and thinking that men have specifically in alignment with being a husband, their wives, um, their relationships, their providing for their family and a lot to do with their identity as well. It, it seems that a lot of men get stuck in the identity of their work. Then if they lose their work, this is a very tragic thing because they're kind of like when you had your knee injury, it's like, I'm not that anymore because I can't be because it was stripped from me. So um, I sent you some, some things to, to cover and uh, got them right here. All right. So, because these are things that, uh, I know that most men, one of these will resonate with them. one of oh, them. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, let's take it from the top. I'm, all right. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy to do a lot of things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think this is okay, really, so, really practical because we're going to, what we're for the audience, what we're going to do is we're going to go through a bunch of statements that probably go through your head because I've seen them written on the Facebook page. I've seen them. I've heard them when I talked to men on the phone regarding their marriage or being a father. And we're going to go through those and we're going to reframe them. And so I'm super excited about this. Yeah, this is fun, man. This is fun. Okay. So I'm on the Google doc. Um, okay, great. First sentence. I don't have time to help out more around the house. Right. Um, you know, there's a couple of things we could do with that. So first thing that stands out to me, well, actually the second thing that stands out to me is help out more around the house. That's help out more is so vague. Right. Okay. Um, what I would do with that is to get specific about one task you can be consistent with. Well, that's awesome. So instead of worrying about all the things you don't have time to do, pick one and focus on it as a positive. So you're saying help, help out more wrecks your imagination. There's it, it looks at everything. And so help out could be anything. And then more is, I mean, am I ever doing enough? Right. Okay. That makes um, much sense because a lot of yeah, men totally. don't know where to start. That's another common thing. I don't know where to start. And when we're framing it, like with these huge subjective terms, I can see now why that makes sense. Yeah, it's the language of overwhelm. Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, let's just say keeping the yard tidy. I mean, you could pick anything and put it in there. Um, uh, 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 keep, clean the cars. I could, I could, I could keep the cars clean for the next six months. Good. Really? Yeah, that's a much more practical sentence than I don't have time to help out. And then, you know, we talked about negations, don't. If I, depending on my mood, sometimes I'm a little more sinister than, 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 than others. Um, I don't have time to help out more around the house. I, I could, I'd put it any in there. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have any time to help out around the house. So you're going to make it worse. I don't have any, any time. And then we'd go, I don't have any time at all. Right. Right. At all. And then put a whatsoever in there. I don't have any time at all whatsoever to help out around the house. And what happens when that we do that, then the person eventually calls bullshit on it. Well, you know, that's actually not quite true. Okay. Take out the quite. That's not true. Great. What is true? 
I mean, I do have time. I, I have some time to help out around the house. Okay. But the first things first, man, get specific about what help out more means. What would you enjoy doing? I mean, so there, there are things around the house that people enjoy doing more than others. And a little bit goes a long way, man. I mean, you know, somebody sees somebody putting in some effort. People notice that. Right. That's okay? the point. Yes. It's my wife's job to clean up and take care of the home. Um, okay. <laughs> that's a tough one because that's kind of a belief. Well, right? yeah. You know, I mean, is did she sign a contract for that job? You know, um, you know, it's my wife's responsibility. You know, it's your job to do this. Okay. It just, you know, do your job. It's there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's some baggage there. Uh, you know, it's my wife's responsibility. It's my wife's responsibility to clean up and take care of that as of the home. And is that her only responsibility? Okay. It's, it is one of, it's very likely one of my wife's responsibilities to clean up and take care of the home period. Um, let, let me ask you, how does that sentence, what, how does that sentence influence you compared to the first one? It's one of my wife's responsibilities to clean up and take care of the home. Well, it was a big aha for me because now you're saying, hey, like you're you're um, putting in your statement that there's more than one thing that she has to do. And so all of a sudden there's a lot more grace that occurs. That's how I kind of thought of it. It's like Let, she's let's got a go lot with, of stuff going on. Yes. Yes. Let's go with let's go with grace. Okay. I don't have time to exercise. Again, negation super vague. I don't have time to exercise twice a week for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you put in twice a week for 45 minutes? Sounds like you're making up excuses. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it, it's a lot easier to go, well, no, actually, I do have 45 minutes twice a week. Okay? And then you take, there's that word again, don't. Take out, don't put in could. That's awesome. So I, I, I could... I could have time. I could have time to exercise twice a week for forty-five minutes. How does that statement influence your imagination, Scott? You're going to find time now. It, your mind is already figuring out, looking for a solution on where that five, forty-five minutes is. Dude, hundred percent. Your reticular activating system says find time to work out. Right. Okay. And it's not even really finding time, folks. It's creating time. Let's get. Let's get. Let's get active with our stories here. I don't want to give up all my time with my friends just to make my wife happy. Okay. I don't want to give up all my time with my friends just to make my wife happy. Okay. I would take out the word just so we are. I don't want to give up all my time with my friends to make my wife happy. Again, global, big picture, inflammatory language. Take out all, put in a little. Right. I don't want to give up a little of my time with my friends to make my wife happy. <laughs> really, dude? Yeah. I love this. See, I would have never thought of these. I th it, this is the thing. There's so much um, with the little practice 
the way that you can reframe this and it's it it comes back to intentionality right like i think you said it earlier this is simple but it's not easy did i say that correctly you said that very correctly it's it's the know how and it's the know to most people do not know to do this nor do they know how to do this i know the words because i learned the words right I don't want to, let's keep going with this one. I don't want to give up a little of my time with my friends to make my wife happy. No, actually turns out I do. Take out the, the don't, put in do. I do want to give up a little of my time with my friends to, to make my wife happy. Okay, that's, that's different. Maybe that's too much. I could give up a little of my time with my friends to make my wife happy. So when, when we're framing it the wrong way, we're actually setting up a wall to success that we really actually need to. There's a language, there are language patterns to self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. And most of these That's are what, there, honestly. Uh, raging. It's not fair to have to do anything around the house since I, I work and my wife sits around all day. Um, I mean... Does she sit around all day? I, I, Almost. You know, I don't, likely again, never. <laughs> likely not at all. And guess yeah. what? You say that you you tell that to someone. First of all, that's you're, there's, you're screwed to start with in your imagination on your side of the street. Let's take your wife out of it. It's just you and you and your mind. What are you getting for your investment with that sentence? It's a net negative, folks. Okay? You're racking the credit card. You're not getting anything in return. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, and if, especially if you say that, will you just sit around all day? I, you're only getting a fight. You're only getting a fight. Um, yeah, there's that's yeah. That sentence that is Foxville. Um, <laughs> so true. So true. Uh, you know what? I pass. Yeah, it's like a completely reframing your mindset, or yeah. you just have a, a really bad outlook there. It, I, it, 15 adjustments with that sentence to get to something that is of value. Yeah. As in, you're getting a return on your investment for your time. Um, what I, my advice with that sentence is know that it's absolutely worthless and you're only getting war yeah. in your mind and then with your wife. My role as a husband and father is to make money and provide for my family okay uh says who says you okay that's not you're not going to find that's not a fact you're not going to find my role as a husband and a father is to make money and provide for my family on the periodic table of elements so uh one of uh, i was gonna say the first thing that came into my mind would be my role one of my roles there dude you nailed it that's you exactly you're good at this. One of my roles as a husband, and that, and it, it just opens the mind, as opposed to digging in. You're you're digging a trench for a quarter space of. I mean, it's a it's a it's a futile war. What what's what do you get? She doesn't listen to me. Cool. Um, ever. <laughs> she doesn't listen to me ever. At all, never once. So I want to help somebody um, 
call 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 that for what it is. That's one thing you could do. So she doesn't listen to me ever at all, never never even once. Or you could do this, which is Sounds much so more ridiculous. of a punch in the <laughs> face. Here's a punch in the face. Uh, she doesn't listen to me. Take out the she and put in I, or she doesn't put in I don't. I don't listen to me? Yeah. So what's how's that powerful? Explain that. Because I, how does that change so your imagination? Big. Right. How does it change your imagination? Has it, has it changed the, the picture in your mind? Well, it seems impossible. To do what? To not listen to yourself. Well, most, most people that are unhappy about something or they've had a long, they have, they've got some long standing angst, anguish in their life. Part of them, you know what to do. You're just not doing it. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, uh, alcohol, if someone's drinking too much, they know they're drinking too much. Right. Hey man, you should really should lay off for a little while. Listen to that. She's not, li she, she never listens to me. I never listen to her. Yeah. Here's the point, folks, is to tinker with your language until you get a better outcome, which is. I like that framing. Yeah. Something more productive, something more valuable. Yeah. Most people's language works against them. They go into a net negative with the words. And, we, and, and, then, and then it's just. It, it, devolves from there. She doesn't understand why I need to go out every week. Um, take out the doesn't, put in could. And that, again, reframes it. It reframes yeah. it to, well, that kind of seems silly. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, it's probably false. Uh, so, if she does, if she truly doesn't understand why you need to go out every week, um, how well have you articulated your your needs? Right. Okay. Um, a lot of these come from a breakdown in yeah. communication in the first place, right? <laughs> it. Uh, yes. Which is again back to the language. Right. game. And again, this is this goes back to our story with us. You know, our the story we tell ourselves is the most powerful force in our life. There I said it. And we have little to no training on how to practice our mindsets. This stuff this stuff is absolutely it's like a an oxygen mask in a plane. Make sure you're mask is firmly in place before you help anyone with 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 theirs and when when a man is talking himself into opportunity and using his language to stay to practice staying focused or more focused or even more focused on the things that are important to him and and uh learning the value of shouldering more responsibility and and improving productivity those are the things that make you like yourself yeah and if, if you don't like you how do you expect your wife to like you so what do you think the first like let's 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 look at this because there's so much to unpack here but um if if a man 
is having trouble communicating with, with his wife. Yeah. What's his first step? What, what is baby step number one? Okay. And I know I'm taking a, a, a I'm putting some pressure on with my words or the, the, the tone in my language. I was the king of all this stuff. Okay. First things first, slow down your rate of speech by mm. 20%. What that's going to do when someone slows. So, okay. Again, dudes, fellas, this shit ain't rocket science. When watch people argue. Okay. They usually speak in pretty fast. Okay. If you want to be more, if you want to make yourself, um, by slowing down your rate of speech, you're going to be more selective and constructive with your words. We've all stuck our foot in our mouth with women before. Lord knows I have. Okay. And it's usually when I was machine gun mouthing and uh, not listening, they go hand in hand. The, the faster someone speaks, the less well they're going to breathe. Back to that again. When someone's breathing gets high and tight as opposed to low and slow, you're going to go into knee-jerk reaction, okay, fight or flight. You're going to have a short fuse. Breath in the chest, short fuse. Breath in the abdomen, long fuse. Your skill at listening goes way down. Okay? We've all been late in a car before. What happens when you, you're, you're like leaning over the steering wheel? You turn the, the radio down because you listen to the words. can't even hear yourself think. Yeah. When you talk slower, you're also going to gain timing, which is important when navigating. Let's look at that word. Navigating very important conversations or important conversations or just conversations in general with, 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 your, with your partner, your teammate, your wife. And you're also going to be more relaxed, okay? Fast talking equals tight shoulders. That's one of the things. It, and it also, uh, it, again, it creates tunnel vision. So I get asked a lot, Mark, what do I do? Okay. First things first, this is my macro answer. Slow down your rate of speech and, and uh, watch what happens. Watch what happens. You'll, you'll, you'll also sound different. Mm. You can, um, I'm a professional speaker and a professional speaking coach. And the first thing we talk about when, it, when, when I'm helping people develop their, their presentation skills is their rate of speech. So we've all seen most people when they get up on stage, uh, they're not enjoying themselves. Okay. Right. The, when, when someone sees that rare individual that gets on stage and is comfortable and is speaking well and clear and, and, and is delivering their story from their abdomen, as in they're breathing in their abdomen, everybody pays attention. Okay. So if, if you want to have more uh, dialogues with, with instead of monologues, breathe in your chest, you're going to have monologues. You're not going to, your listening is going to suck and you're just going to talk. You're going to say the same thing over and over again. You're not going to hear what she's saying. And there you go. Get your breathing down in your abdomen and uh, you'll, you'll relate to her different. 
and women are fantastic at feeling. Okay. That's one of their superpowers. She will feel you different. Mm. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. I could think back to earlier this week when I was having a heated discussion with my wife and it wasn't a discussion because I was in that chest breathing, fast talking, and I knew I needed to hear, but I couldn't even slow myself down. And then what happens is I start going into this binary language you talk about where it's always, never, you know, those really untrue statements and everything breaks down from there. So I love that advice is so practical and it's so easy because now I have this thing that I can say in my head that's really short and easy to understand. When I'm at that point of starting to really kind of rev up and be like, slow down, just slow down, take a deep breath. It's, you know, you hear people saying, take a deep breath, but it's got to be a little more, it's got to take, meet take, more. Take a stuff. smooth breath. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Take a smooth breath. Yeah. Take a do, slow breath. If you do like a Wim Hof, is it anything like a Wim Hof in? It, no, that's pretty quick. I'm trying to think of the. Let's give a shout out to old, to old Wim. Yeah. Um, you know, we have uh, in our, for our coaches, we bring in Brandon Powell, who's someone I'm, I'd be happy to introduce you to if, if, if you all talk about breathing, which is such a great thing for men to learn how to do. Let's chalk that up to another thing we didn't learn in school that's kind of important. He's a level three Wim Hof instructor. He's the premier Wim Hof instructor instructor in North America. Wow. And I've known the guy for 30 years and he is the breath coach for, for our enlisted coaches. He comes in once a month and does a, a breath work class because we have a, a, we have a saying in, in the, the coaches community, which is good breathing equals good coaching because good breathing equals good listening and good listening equals good coaching. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, I'd love to have a conversation with him. Um, but that's okay. So slow down and take yep. a smooth breath. Yep. Smooth breath. Get it past the chest. Get it down into your belly or whatever. Um, I love that advice. And then I wanted to cover one more thing before we're out of time, which I Go for you, you brought up multiple times, and it's the word abracadabra. Oh, I absolutely buddy. loved this. And I've told people about it because it's so great. You know, this, this, this is the most common thing that turns the lights on for people in this conversation. Uh, I love doing, I, I do my best to do my podcasts, my interviews on Friday. Uh, I did a, a show two hours ago and he asked me what, what's my legacy going to be? I've never been asked that before. That's a good and I, I, Yo, it's a, yeah, right between the eyes, huh? And I, I talked about abracadabra. So abracadabra, it's the most well-recognized word on the planet, in my personal and professional opinion. I've been, I've been around the world a number of times presenting in five different continents to a, a lot of English speakers and then also a lot of non-native English speakers. It doesn't matter where I go. You bring up, you say abracadabra, everybody goes to magic. Yep. It's a sleeping giant in the realm of, of personal development. I, it's, 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 it's the, the key. Because guess what? You get, to, you get the words wrong, you get, you get the stories wrong. You get the stories wrong, you get the identities wrong. And then good luck 
first and foremost, it, liking yourself, enjoying yourself. Uh, you get the you get the words right or more clear and uh, polished and empowered and focused, then you get the same kind of stories, words to stories, stories to identities, abracadabra. It is Aramaic, which is an ancient language. It was the language the original Old Testament was written in is still spoken in some areas of, of, the, of the Middle East and, 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 and Persia. And it translates to with my words, I create or with my words, I influence. Yep. Dude, that second one, with my words, I influence. With my words, with your words, Scott, you influence your imagination, your feelings and emotions, your posture, and your breath, which are four of the biggest experiences, your biggest experiences of yourself. I mean, you put those four things together, and that's pretty much how you know you're you. What you see in your imagination, how you feel, your breath, your breathing, and then how your body moves. Yep. And, and you know, on that same line of thought, man, the definition of a spell, Webster's definition, is a word or a combination of words of great influence. That's it. So <laughs> my... My, you have a big nose just like me is a combination of words that greatly influenced that little girl. It was a constrictive spell. It crushed her. It collapsed her energy. It, it, it crushed her breathing. It, it, you know, it's like it ripped the air out of my lungs. Okay? Yeah. Wrecked her imagination. And then there's what that guy's grandfather told him. Hey, man, err on the side of being a bad dude. Go for, go for it. That's another way of saying what he said is you go after what you want. That was a combination of words that also greatly influenced that, that young man in an expansive way. Right. right. He, got, he got bigger in his imagination. And guess what? We're casting spells all day long. And you know what we were doing? when we were taking statements and, and, and translating them, which is what, uh, uh, is, is what we call changing the words, translating, we're breaking old spells. Yeah. We're yeah. breaking constrictive spells and making them more expansive and solution oriented and actionable. There's what, what action can you take? to it's not fair to have to do anything around the house since I work and my wife sits around all day. You're not, what are you going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to piss yourself off and blame her. Right. It's just destructive. It's inflammatory. It's caustic. It's addictive, man. Yeah. Because you get to be right. Ooh, ooh, I get to be right about something. Yeah. You know, no, you want to be wrong about that statement. Trust me. Right. Yeah, I, so there's so much here because as husbands and as fathers, we have to understand that our words breathe life or, or death into our relationships. And um, Very well said. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, like I practice affirmations. And it like literally Good. took me, and I'm not, I'm not joking, it took me three years to finally get my affirmations right because I was still framing things wrong. I was still like, I will work on B 
being better at. And it's like, wait, that's projecting into the future something I'm doing. And now I'm envisioning that I'm not there yet. It took me three years because I didn't have a coach to help me with that. And um, that's why I think this, the vocabulary, I have a hard time saying that, believe it or not. All good. Vocabulary is so powerful. And then I know what you're doing with um, your enlightened. So would you actually just tell us about both of these? So, because I think every man should do something about this because there's so much power in changing and influencing your future when you get a hold of these things. You, you, you I, anyone will shock yourself with the amount of um, confidence that you can build, with the amount of uh, success that you can create, with with the amount of, of, of productivity that you can you can uh, practice, with the clarity that you can create. Listen, it's 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 all the things that you want, all the ways that you want to be, are related to how you tell yourself the, the story of you, and that is completely related to the words you use. I, uh, how can I, I'm, I, I get jazzed about this because it saved my life, man. I mean, I, I was, I was like, I care. Don't care if this thing keeps going or not, this thing being me. Right. And through luck and more luck, I got gifted the opportunity, the chance to change my story. You want to change your life? Don't change your life. Change your language. Good. Change your language. So once upon a time, 2016, October 2016, uh, I reach out to five friends in the CrossFit space, three athletes and two box owners. Who's got the best podcast on CrossFit? It was a bold request. They all came back and said Barbell Shrugged. Yep. And uh, oh, and one of them circled back and said, "Oh, by the way, Mike Bledsoe, no, one of the, the the founders, one of the guys on the show, knows about your work. Would you like an introduction? You're right. I'd like an introduction." And I I made I put that request out because we have something to say about the correlation between what we think and say, our language, and how well we breathe, which is kinda important when it comes to uh, fitness. Okay, and working out and performance. And we went on that show and we went on that show. The, we had vocabulary. Vocabulary was the thing. Vocabulary is for the general audience. Okay, the, the elevator pitch is that it is a productivity tool which helps you organize. Most people are disorganized with their words, what they think and say. It helps you organize what you think and say so you stay focused on what's important to you which is another way of saying being successful. So we go on that show, that show drops, we get introduced to the fitness industry through the premier outlet. Thanks. Yeah. And everything changes. We end up making a course for the fitness industry, uh, all about the, the language of the fitness industry and how destructive it can be and what to do about it. And then uh, we kept going. We're like, wait, this is way more than the course. It's a brand. So we created a brand. We got two brands, vocabulary, general audience, and lifted for the fitness industry. And then and the thing just runs. It, it, it's got a mind of its own, dude. And it uh, uh, now we're certifying coaches through and lifted. 
which is marketed towards the fitness industry and the coaching system is, is universal. We've got some finance coaches. We've got a lot of nutrition coaches, yoga, uh, some people that uh, uh, aren't coaching at all, don't want to coach. They just want to get better at their own story. Some life coaches, a lot of life coaches, they've got nothing to do. Their clients have, they don't talk about their fitness with their clients. Doesn't matter. Cause I, I already said it. There's the, the, language patterns and mechanisms, the mechanics of the story of self-sabotage is universally applicable, whether it's in the gym or at home or at work or wherever. There's only so many ways I can, I can piss myself off and, and talk myself out of opportunity. And we know the words. And you know the words, then good on you, man. And you said, yeah, it took me three years. Three years is better than never. And most people are in the never category. Right. I think I was doing more harm. <laughs> think good uh yeah yeah you were <laughs> yeah so was i yeah. i didn't know right yeah and i and i i think that's that's why i was why i was and am so excited that we had these conversations because i can guarantee you that most of the people that get through this are like i had like they they'll start thinking about what they're saying to themselves out loud and in their in playing the the Roll, the music they're playing in their head, their their words, and they'll be like kind of blown away. And um, I would highly recommend at least vocabulary. I am recommending enlightened to fitness coaches because I know a lot of them, and um, I just think that this is something everybody needs. And I just want to put it out there: we will have all of Mark's material links in the podcast notes, including the um, TED talk we talked about, including a, an animation that you guys put together, and then your, your links to the other um, resources to teach people how to do this for themselves or for others, which is, is I think, an incredible, incredibly important line of work that you're doing. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, let me give a shout out to all the parents. Yeah. Hard you know, work. Um, yeah. It's uh, I do not have children. I did. I have not created children. Okay. Yet I could, if I so cho choose to do, I do have two nieces and I used to teach elementary school. Okay. I've had a lot of interactions with kids. And I say this, when you make improvements in your language, you are going to make improvements in your child's character. Yeah. Parents language scaffolds their children's identity. And the more, the more you just a little bit, a little bit of know-how and a little bit of know-to, and you will, you will help them create an identity that serves them. That's right. And that right there is the foundation of success. Skill is easy compared uh, – a lot of people have talent. There's so much talent around. That the, 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 the person that supports themselves in their mind with their own language, that's, that's the rare. That's rare. Yeah. For now. We want to make that very common. That's cool. That's a great mission. It's a great vision. It's, it's worthy mission. of my time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Mark. What a great conversation. What a great movement you're creating here. Dude. My pleasure. Scott, thank you for having me on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much for listening in on this episode of 
the Brotherhood of Fatherhood with our guest, Mark England. I hope that you took notes. I hope that you are practicing some of the things that he talked about, shared with us. I would, I would encourage you to go look up vocabulary, take a course, uh, and, and put this into practice in your own life or get a coach that can help you. Speaking of coaches, if you are a man and or a wife that wants to get this to your man and you want to know how, how to engage in your conversation, engage in your actions and engage in the things that matter to your wife so that you can get your ultimate prize, which is an amazing marriage with more sex and less nagging, then you need to reach out to me, Scott at brotherhoodfatherhood.com, or you can reach out to Josh, Josh at brotherhoodfatherhood.com, or you can go to brotherhoodfatherhood.com on, um, on, on internet, or you can hit us up on the Facebook page. But we have an incredible program that not only works with your language and reframing things, but works with the way that you um, work inside of your marriage and on your marriage and on yourself using several principles that we use among many other tools the 100 100 principle and as well as the pursuit principle and those two things will seriously influence your marriage it'll seriously improve your marriage so if you want to have an even better marriage you have a great marriage you want to be like the best husband ever this is your this is your ticket if you are just kind of scratching the surface of not being so great or you just need to improve this is the ticket. So no matter where you're at in your marriage, give us a shout out. We'll do a 10 minute, super simple call with you. That call will just be a clarity call. It'll just understanding your situation. And we'll let you know whether we're the right thing for you or not, because we're not for everybody. But we think we can help anybody who needs help. We know we can, because we've done it. Um, so thanks for being a part of uh, the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. If you are a man and you're on Facebook, go to thebrotherhoodfatherhood.com, or excuse me, Brotherhood of Brotherhood of Fatherhood Facebook group. Apply to get into that group. It's not really an application, but just get into that group. There's great conversations, great questions, great things happening inside of there. More of this content. Subscribe to this podcast. We'd really appreciate that. And um, this is also now YouTube. So you can go to our YouTube channel, subscribe to that if you're more visual. Thank you very much and have an excellent week.